and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly discussion of culture, news, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most astonishing metropolitan area between Omaha and Salt Lake. This week, the special Halloween edition, zombies, pumpkin runs, the naked kind, and an extraterrestrial affairs commission for, for the city of Denver. Yes, these are all news topics. With me in the studio are Jared Jakang, mayor of FaceTheState.com, Joel Warner, staff writer for Westward, and joining us this week, the Onions AV Club editor for the city of Denver and creator and editor of InevitableZombieApocalypse.com, Corey Cachado. Thanks, guys, for showing up. Hello. That's your, your oh. cue. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> so let's, let's get this underway and just, uh, Corey, tell us a little bit of, I think what we're interested in is if zombies attack Denver, how are we situated? What is our plan? And how does Denver stand up to a zombie invasion compared to other cities? Well, I, it's going to depend largely on what sort of zombies we're talking about. We get the traditional Romero shamblers versus something more like uh, 28 Days Later, you know, rage zombies or, uh, God forbid, something like Left for Dead, sort of mutant super zombies. Um, that's, uh, that, those are obviously some questions that you need to answer up front. So what are, we, what are we talking about today? What do you guys want to know about? What are the most common forms of zombies? I think your most common form of zombie is definitely your traditional Romero shambler. That's what most zombie uh, apocalypse scenarios revolve around. Uh, that's what the uh, your your average zombie fan is most interested in knowing about. Well, and because there's also the the 28 days later zombies, right. which are a complete the, different scenario. Are they right? called super zombies? Is that the official scientific term? Kind of term is a super zombie. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, those? science spends. A frighteningly low amount of its time uh, determining the terminology for zombies, so it's it's sort of left up to uh, amateur aficionados like myself. But sure, I like to call them super zombies. Um, the twenty eight days later ones; those are rage zombies. That's what we call those rage zombies, named after the virus that infects them. So let's start with just the shamblers. How is Denver prepared for the for the shamblers? Uh, Denver, unfortunately, unlike some cities, does not have, uh, to the best of my knowledge, an official zombie plan. Uh, Hickenlooper has really dropped the ball on this one. It's sort of the only thing that's making me wonder if maybe I should vote for someone else for governor. But but Denver is actually a pretty good place to be in the event of a zombie apocalypse as long as you yourself have your own plan uh, to deal when the zombies come. Like, you know, there's no citywide plan, but if, if you're ready, then you're ready, and it's not a bad place to be at all. So why so why would it you know is it not that bad a place to be for the for the zombie apocalypse that's coming soon? Uh, well, first of all, uh, Denver's a pretty fit city comparatively, uh, so people are in good shape. Uh, your traditional shambler, it, hence the name shambles, so it's not moving very fast, but they don't have to stop to rest. So you've got to keep up a pretty good pace in order just to, to stay out of their reach. And being fit obviously helps there. Um, there's a lot of hikers here. Actually, I think one of the best plans in Denver, at least uh, short term, is as we go into these winter months, um, if you've if you're a hiker and if you've got the below zero bag and all that, pack a bag and head for the hills. And, uh, you know, just, you're going to have to, like, find some food up there, obviously. But the zombies can't follow because they can't climb and they freeze. Okay, I'm sick of this uh, academic chit-chat. I want to know <laughs> what happens because the the, uh, the zombie crawl is going on down in Lodo this weekend. And for people that are listening to it next week, it'll be the past weekend. But if these weren't a bunch of dorks uh, dressed up in a bunch of body paint uh, shambling around Lodo, but they were, in fact, real shamblers, what do we do? What are our first steps? 
for you. Uh, your first step is going to be you're going to want to secure some sort of weapon. A lot of people's instinct is to go to the gun store, uh, which is a terrible, terrible idea because it's a lot of per- people's instinct. And so then what's going to happen is you're going to be facing something much scarier than zombies, which is other fucking crazy people going after guns. And uh, where zombies can you know bite and tear, people with guns will shoot at you. Uh, and that's much, much scarier. So what probably, if you don't already, if you haven't already secured a weapon, and I do encourage you to secure a weapon uh, as early as possible, go to the hardware store. They have machetes there. Uh, you can pick up a chainsaw if you like really like to go big. And it's not most people's first instinct. So it, rather than having the horde of people like fighting over the last 22 uh, cartridge in the gun shop, uh, you'll have your selection of, of fine gardening implements, which can be used to behead or otherwise uh, put a serious hurt on a zombie. So your website has more, I mean, is your website kind of like a, pre- a preparedness plan website? My website is not a preparedness plan website. If you are not prepared uh, and you need to be prepared, actually what you want to do is pick up Max Brooks's uh, Zombie Survival Guide. Um, and that's one of the reasons that my website is not because I think most of what's out there is basically a pale imitation of what he's already done. He's already done the work. He's laid the groundwork. Uh, my website is an excellent, will, will basically is a fine primer for studying zombies so think of it as a syllabus so it's like uh, a zombie advanced wiki. zombie studies yeah um so if you're like if you want to know the difference between the traditional romero shambler and the uh you know a super like a rage zombie uh, my website is an excellent guide to find the, the materials that you need to, to really get in depth in those studies and also read a lot of reviews of terrible terrible shitty movies from the 80s and to, uh, get back to academic chit-chat that Jared hates so much. Um, is there a particular reason zombies have so much uh, pull in terms of our fascination and our imagination? Or is it just is this just a kind of revolving, like at first it was ninjas, then pirates, and now zombies, and who knows? We're going to be on to like Teamsters next as this <laughs> object of hipster fetishization. I think I'm more scared of Teamsters than of zombies. I really like the you. idea of, of Teamsters being a thing that we fetishize and, and, and study obsessively. <laughs> I do, too. Um, That's why I brought it up. But uh, apart from that, uh, the short answer is that zombies are fucking awesome. Uh, the long answer, I hope I can curse, by the way. Uh, the long answer <laughs> is, no. uh, <laughs> is that, uh, yeah, I think that they do. They, they really, they're, they're a, a lunch pail or a blue-collar monster, and I think that that appeals to a lot of people. Um, you know, vampires are fetishized and supposed to be sexy. And, and zombies, I mean, they just want to eat your face, and there's really nothing sexy about that. <laughs> So I think that they they maintain their monsterhood a lot better than something like a vampire does uh, when you know marketing people get a hold of it. Like there's only so much you can do with zombies, and usually what you're doing is is that why we see kind of kind of different demographics glomming onto like the vampire craze versus zombie craze. I mean, it seems to me like zombies are much more of kind of the hipster dirtbag crowd, while vampires are much more kind of the tweens and the you're ne- HBO kind of thirty year old wannabe hipsters. You are never going to see teen girls go crazy for zombies. I can pretty much guarantee that. Well, I have to say, guys, this this conversation is being totally unhelpful because <laughs> while you guys are sitting at the cafe on at uh, 15th and Wazee drinking Chardonnay, I'm going to be out there trying to figure out how to deal with these shambling zombies which are trying to eat us. So, Corey, I know I do. I, I run to the hardware store. I'm trying to think of where the closest hardware store is to Lodo. Uh, maybe up on uh, Capitol Hill or something like that or uh, someplace else. But then after – so I've got weapons and I've killed a bunch of shamblers. Give me like my three next main steps that okay. I need to write on my palm so that I don't forget. Rage right Here, now. Here's, your, here's your zombie survival plan in, in two minutes or less. Every day when you're walking to work, when you're walking around your neighborhood, you need to be scouting out locations that you can easily fortify. No garden-level windows, as, as little glass as possible, strong doors, 
you need to think about like short-term and long-term plans. Are you going to have, you know, it's one thing to be able to survive for three days. It's another thing to be able to survive for three months or three years. You know, again, people like they always want to go to Costco. You ask people what they're going to do. I'm going to go to Costco. Well, everyone's going to go to Costco. Fuck Costco. Go to the grocery warehouse. Uh, find out where that's at. And because where everyone's heading to Costco, the only people going to the grocery warehouse are the people that work there. So you make people are going to keep retail hours during the zombie apocalypse. No, definitely well, not. You but you break into, you break into it. it, right? Exactly. You break into it. You fortify it. And Costco isn't necessarily the worst place to try and do that, but the grocery warehouse is better because there are not as many people going there. It's an actual warehouse, so it doesn't have giant 30-foot. I mean, it's got bay doors, but they're designed to be secured. So, yeah, so you want to be looking for places that you can secure all the time. Think about food long-term. You want to have some weapons. Um, and never set zombies on fire because uh, they will set other things on fire, particularly the dwelling that you're in. That is good to know. All right, let's move on to some serious news, uh, and that would be Initiative 300. And Denver City residents will be voting on this initiative um, in this election, or will have already voted, or will be voting uh, shortly after you listen to this, that would establish an extraterrestrial commission to evaluate claims of UFO sightings and other contact experience. Um, this is by a local crackpot named Jeff Peckham. Is that right? Peckman. Yeah, Jeff Peckman. And he's also known for trying to establish initiatives to like reduce stress. He's, has, he's been before the, the people before, but this time he got enough signatures to get this on the ballot. Um, is, he says it will cost no taxpayer money, but according to the, you know, the way it's worded, the, the city would have to appoint seven members to the commission, three of whom would need uh, graduate degrees, another with an MD. Uh, and at least one would have to be an expert who had consulted at least 100 people. About so, UFOs? They have to have consulted 100 people about UFOs or just... About their encounters with extraterrestrial okay. intelligent beings. I have to say, I love that this is on the ballot. I won't lie. But what I what I like is re, if you read uh, Peckman's website, it's you know, classic, you know, the government has been suppressing this. You know, it's it's just one of the it's like libertarians running for office when they they want to get in there they want to become part of the state that they abhor so much. This guy you know is claiming the government is suppressing it, but he wants to get his people in in the government in one capacity or another. Besides the fact that this, it's just basically batshit crazy that the government is capable of suppressing extra <laughs> these extraterrestrials uh, who allegedly, according to Peckman, have all this uh, technology to help with so many of our pressing problems whether it's energy or, or what have you and yet they can't get by the combined forces of the state and the media to get their message across like what the shit i have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, about libertarian <laughs> aliens but uh, i will say that this commission as as at least peckman envisions it will be this an actual public body like that is sanctioned by the government by default and they will sit there and discuss alien issues, even though it is just for the city and county of Denver. It will be this more or less a have this official ring to it. And there, there are, you know, there, Joel, don't you think there are some legitimate questions that need to be put into some sort of commission like report about how we're going to deal with aliens when they do come? Because yeah. they will soon enough. It seems to be a recurring theme of this episode that we just are clearly not prepared for all the many types of disasters, natural and unnatural, whether they be zombies or UFOs. I think we also have to get prepared for the Jerry Brockheimer type asteroid that will inevitably land right in the center of town. Human beings can barely handle herpes. You know, like, <laughs> all right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <whoa. laughs> what about the Teamsters? I mean, what are we going to do when the Teamsters come? I, I, I love reading the kind of earnest sort of, you know, because if you've studied ufology and... I have. I, I believe that. <laughs> 
I mean, I know there's the, there's not it's not like there's one camp. There's various different you know groups have different beliefs about what the aliens are co- you know what they want. But there's I guess what Jared was getting on onto is that this is going to legitimize how we treat UFO sightings and experiences. I put that in quote. See, see, I want to get in, you know, like you, John. I'm completely supportive of this. I just think that the government is already ridiculous enough that you know I think we need. So more concepts that aren't even trying to be serious. They're just so just overboard. I, you know, looking at this guy's website, you know, like he was proposing leading up to the vote on this, having different like grade school classes uh, debate the concept of UFOs, which, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of like fifth graders here in Denver who are sitting down in these huge debates that I think they made some type of like a music video about pink UFOs or something to help spread the word. Oh, yeah, it's great. Here I uh, have a clip of it. Pink UFO, pink UFO, what truth do you know? What do you know? Pink UFO, pink UFO, what truth do you know? What politicians will come in with the pink UFO? Cause you think we don't know that we're really not alone and about the camps to kill you and hide for years. You don't care about the people who the money is fear. Got anal probes coming in my ear lobes. Oh wait, oh, is this thing on? Sorry, sorry about that. Um, anyway. What did we just listen to, Jared? That was a video on Jeff Peckman's uh, website by two local rappers. It's called Pink UFO by Time and Damon Jevon. So it's great. It's a great little video. We'll, we'll throw it up on our website, and you can see them dancing around on um, rooftops around Denver and rapping about UFOs. <laughs> Among the many people who I'm sure are. Any, anyone else want to add anything to this uh, futile discussion? Well, I mean, I, you, know, you know, in all seriousness, maybe we should actually kind of talk about what this thing will entail. What exactly will this committee do? I, th- I think they uh, will just uh, investigate. I don't, I don't think they're charged with actually doing anything. So will they I mean, they'll, probably, it, they'll probably issue a report. Is it basically like, like nine people like sitting around talking about UFOs and aliens? I think they're just making uh, like your basic uh, U- uh, MUFON meeting a government body. You know any MUFON? Mutual yeah, mutual U- UFO. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's like one of their uh, me- regular Wednesday meetings, just in- turning that into a government commission, it seems like. Well, whatever they do, I think I'm going to vote for it. Are you going to vote for it, Corey? Yeah, I probably will vote for that, Joel? actually. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm definitely voting for that shit. Hell yeah. Because uh, it doesn't cost anything, and I think it'll be a selling point. Uh, I think we can market this shit. Come to um, Colorado. We have a UFO commission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you get, if you get abducted in, in you know, Littleton, you're screwed. Different city. All right, that's what I like. All right, let's move on to something, again, another serious topic, the uh, Boulder Naked Pumpkin Run. And this has been going on, I think, for 10 years. And t- was it two years in 07 uh, was when the chief of police there started to crack down. Joel, I know you've, you've covered this a little bit more. Why don't you give us some backstory on this? Yeah, I think it was either 2007 or 2008 when uh, there was a whole bunch of people who did the Naked Pumpkin Run, which basically entails just what it sounds like, where people would run around wearing nothing either than, I think, sneakers and pumpkins on their faces. And there was a whole bunch, I think in 2008, and I think 12 people, I think they're kind of known as the Boulder 12 or something, got ticketed and were fined and something. So that ended up being this big hullabaloo. And over, uh, over the next couple of years, there's been an ongoing discussion what to do about this. I know last year, the police threatened to arrest people and I guess uh, charge them as um, sexual deviants or something? Oh, no, uh, or, sex, sex offenders. Yeah, sex offenders, which would be pretty uh, be pretty obscene. This year, I guess they've, they've backed down saying they just issued them tickets. Though, though for me, it's 
one thing that's really fascinating about this whole thing is that just nudity in Boulder kind of keeps coming up. This year, the the new uh, the new Boulder law about nudity kind of came out of the fact that this fifty this fifty two year old woman named Catherine Pierce was uh, repeatedly gardening uh, while she was topless at her house last March, and this is what actually led to the new Boulder laws about nudity. And is is I mean, how much of this is the chief of police kind of flexing some authority or, you know, even trying to uh, establish some order or uh, where else is, is this coming from? I mean, I know what's his name. I think his name is uh, chief Beckner has been getting a lot of flack for this. Uh, one thing that I've been curious about is, the, is the fact that, I mean, my assumption is most cities and towns have nudity ordinances. Is it just the fact that Boulder people seem to want to violate these ordinances more than <laughs> say Littleton, which is, I guess too busy worrying about its residents getting captured by UFOs. They will be. The question is, is, is what's going to happen the next Naked Pumpkin Run, which is going to be on October 31st. And apparently there are some people saying that they are going to renew the tradition and stand strong against the anti-nudity establishment and uh, carve pumpkins, put them on them, their head and run down Pearl Street. And so will they uh, get nabbed by the police and labeled sex offenders? That's, that's what I wanted. A, serious, a sex offender, that, that's no small charge. I mean, that's, that's huge, and it kind of sticks with you for life. So that, we'll have to stay tuned and see what happens. I'm really uncomfortable by nudity, so I, I won't be watching. Uh, but I will be reading and listening. And, um... With a pumpkin on your head. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so reader reaction on our Facebook page. Jared. Okay, I have the the listener report. Last week we talked about the uh, amendment that labels personhood having to deal with abortion, and we suggested or we put out there what other things do you think should law should grant uh, personhood to? Russ Esposito said, quote, Well, I've named my guns. They're all girls. Also, I would like to bestow personhood to the living creature in the back of my fridge. I think it used to be sour cream. Good. And Bill Menendez from Twitter said, Doug Bruce. So he'll get he'll get personhood too. So everybody's people in in Colorado. Uh, next up, we uh, asked what what would be better than putting an 11 million dog park at the old church in the city site um, in central Denver, and uh, Emilio Scatalia said, "My answer to this is the same t- is my answer to every vacant building, storefront, and parking lot I see: strip club." And then we also got a nice, pleasant note from our friend Julio Trujillo. I think he was a little angry because I had uh, butchered his last name a few episodes ago and called him Julio. And he wrote us an email and said, Are the hosts of Denver Diatribe, Joel Warner, John Dicker, and Jared Jekang Mayer, the three whitest people in Denver? And in the very remote chance that they are not, then who is? That's an interesting question. Who in Denver or in Colorado is whiter than us, guys? Uh... I would have to say uh, Ryan Warner of Colorado Public Radio. See, I was going to say Ryan Warner of Colorado Public <laughs> Radio as well. <laughs> well, I don't have people from Denver, but I have to say that uh, two, two politicians, Republican politicians that are definitely wider than us, are Ryan Frazier and Ali Hassan. So take that, Julio. <laughs> and if uh, you have more questions about our, uh, about our backgrounds or anything else, please do let us know because we, we will be taking questions and answering them in future podcasts. All right, time for love and hate. Joel, why don't you start off? I'm going to go with some love this week. I'm going to love the fact that I've discovered that uh, Denver Public Libraries and the branches seem to have good good collections of graphic novels and comic book uh, compendiums, which is something I really enjoy because I kind of like the fact that I can go and get some graphic novel fix without feeling bad about having to spend money on something that I should have given up when I was about, uh, say, 12 years old. So yay that. 
Jared. Well, I actually have a love this week, John. I uh, also, like Corey, have some eclectic interests and decide to spend all my free time on a blog. And this is a blog about the Denver International Airport's conspiracies. And uh, so I've just been keeping a running log of, of different things that I found. And I found these excellent videos posted by a gentleman named William Tapley out of New York in which he looks into the symbolism of Denver International Airport's uh, murals and other artwork and, among other things, determines that some snow leopards in a painting there in the main terminal actually represent Barack Obama. So here's a short clip from him. Welcome to Revelation Unraveled. I'm your host, William Tapley, also known as the third eagle of the apocalypse and the co-prophet of the end times. Now, these murals we discovered in part one are prophecies. The question is, are they prophecies from Satan? Are they prophecies from God? Warnings from the artist himself? Or are they warnings from the New World Order? Now, why do I say that this leopard indicates Barack Obama? Well, first, of course, is the position of authority over all the other individuals in this mural. As we know from Bible prophecy, in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, the leopard indicates Barack Obama. But I believe the clincher are these two cubs beside the leopard, the daughters of Barack Obama. Now, according to... <laughs> Wait, that wasn't Jeff Peckman talking about UFOs? That was some no, other kook? We'll post the videos. They really are good entertainment. That's some really incisive analysis. All right, Corey, what do you got? Um, well, I love the fact that we were getting a UFO commission, but I hate the fact that there's still no zombie apocalypse plan in place for Denver, Boulder area. Interesting. Thinks the diatribe that might be changed. Yeah, that we, our 14 listeners might change that. All right, I'm going <laughs> to ironically love on Ken Buck for giving me hope, uh, provided that he doesn't see the, his recent comment on Meet the Press comparing homosexuality to alcoholism and claiming that it's a choice, and the fact that he's got no political mileage and really seems to be hedging from that comment is really a hope that I think the right is going to have to abandon the kind of homophobia that it's that it's used for political mileage oh for the last 20 or 30 years if, if a mainstream a relatively mainstream figure like ken buck has to dodge and and uh do damage control from that comment i think signs are good and i think that hope that leads to a civil war within the republican party that will isolate the religious wing nuts um that's my hope and thanks ken buck for, for giving giving it to me and that is all the hope we have time for right now. We are on uh, online at denverdiatribe.com, on Twitter, at Denver Diatribe. Uh, on either of those two places, you can link to our Facebook. Send us some emails. Give us some ideas. Uh, make fun of us. We're happy to hear it. Thanks so much. And for Corey, Jared, and Joel, I'm John Dicker, and we are out. According to sources on the internet. Now, according to sources on the internet. Now, according to sources on the internet. The leopard indicates Barack Obama. Are they prophecies from Satan? Are they prophecies from God? Warnings from the artist himself. Warnings from the New World Order. Now, according to sources on the internet. Now, according to sources on the internet. Now, according to sources on the internet. The leopard indicates Barack Obama. Are they prophecies from Satan? Are they prophecies from God? Warnings from the artist himself. Warnings from the New world order now according to sources on the internet now according to sources on the internet now according to sources on the internet the leopard indicates barack obama are they prophecies from satan are they prophecies from god warnings from the artist himself warnings from the new world order now according to sources on the internet now according to sources on the internet the leopard indicates barack obama
Are you ready? Are you ready for the truth? Are you ready for the truth? Are you ready for the truth?